just the way you like looked me dead in the eye and you pulled it out and you started scratching your back and it was just really funny. Platu Ferrata Nectar, okay. and welcome to another episode of Don't Touch That, It's Haunted, a podcast where we talk about all manner of spooky, macabre, and taboo subjects. Spooky. Spooky. I'm Grace, and uh, pandemic's still rolling, so with me is Adam. What's up, guys? <laughs> um, this is going to be another raw version, because uh, it's 8.50 on a Thursday night, so... I'm a busy man. I know, well, I've just been like... So we're nine months away from the wedding. So I've been wedding planning in all my free time and like making paper flowers and shit. Plus I've been working even more overtime and what's that look? Nothing. Oh. But yeah, so I just I haven't had time for anything else. Uh and then last week you uh you took a mental health vacation to Des Moines, so Yeah. We didn't do it in an episode, but I put a nice little thing on my Instagram for everybody to go check out the uh, Tinfoil Radio episode that you were on. Yeah, and that was fun. Got to talk all about Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Destroy that monster. I know. See, he's spooky. He is spooky. <laughs> and Jake kept saying, he looks like a demon. Yeah. <laughs> he does, though. <laughs> when he smiles and his little beady eyes. Yeah, like if you're but... casting a demon. You're like, huh, what do you think Kevin Copeland's up to? Or Kenneth Copeland's up to? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you anything about it because you can go listen to that. Episode. Yeah, go listen. It's uh, Tin Foil Radio, which we're on the uh, Tin Foil AV network. So. Yeah. Oh, I did plug in our t shirt idea drinking wine and finding, and finding Jesus. <laughs> For, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? What's her name? La. Uh, Fiora. Fiora. Uh, maybe. I don't know. From the Christmas. Check out the Christmas episode. The, uh... the first one we did raw. Yeah, the first Raw episode, because it was, uh, what, 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve. So, um, please tell everybody how you're drinking your whiskey. Oh, so I'm drinking my whiskey underneath a little tiny cauldron. <laughs> we have a little bit of a nap situation yeah. going on. There. But that that was so clever. I've got a little cauldron from uh, somebody gave it for me, gave it to me on Halloween with some treats in it, and it's just this tiny, tiny little thing. And he just it's about the size of a rock class. Yeah, he just picked it up and plopped it on. I was like, "That is genius." I am uh, drinking a pumpkin spice tea with pumpkin spice honey out of a little baby Yoda mug. Good whiskey. Well, yeah, it's peanut butter flavor. Ooh. All right, are you ready to talk about some spooky shit? Yeah. What are we doing this week? Okay. So this week. Um, I realized that we, we were doing a lot of like urban legends and like ghostly stuff. So I was like, let's get to some good old fashioned murdering. Oh, okay. So, um, this is also, also sort of kind of, kind of an urban legend, I guess. Uh, it's shrouded in some kind of mystery, I suppose. Uh, we are going to talk about the year 1974, uh, which was a big year for for murder. Um, specifically the year that a lot of serial killers, like, got their start, that we know Why? of. 
Nobody knows. In Nobody knows. Just, it was just, yeah. A bunch of serial killers are like, we went to the moon. I'm going to kill yeah. some people. <laughs> we went to the moon five years earlier. In 1969, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, oh. they, they had to process it, oh, oh, and oh, once they yeah. process the moon, they could right. handle it, their mind well, that's, snapped. Again, so this is uh, this is the first murder that we know of, because, um, spoiler alert, Ted Bundy is on this list. Um, they have a feeling that he murdered a lot earlier, but this is as early as they can breathe. So, yeah, nobody really un- knows why. Nothing was really going on at the time, you know what I mean? I mean, we did just um, lose JFK. When was that? Was that 74? That wasn't 74. Wasn't that in the 60s? It was, oh, crap. I Hang think. on, we're Googly. Please hold. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, never mind. I feel like it was in the 60s. Yeah, pretty sure it was. I think it was 63 if I remember the book. I am bad at guessing dates historically, so. Yeah, he died in 1963. Okay, so they've been 10, they've had 10 years to process that. Yeah, they were 11 years. <laughs> Um, all right. So this first little bit I got from a WashingtonExaminer.com. Uh, the words not post article. It's late. Um, this is called spat of serial killers. We made... ended the Vietnam War. Sorry. 74. Well, it's 75, but it happened. <laughs> it was going on. <laughs> It was actively You've going... given me three reasons for why these people could be killing in 1974, and none of them occurred in 1974. The Vietnam War did, did occur in 1974. It was uh, ended in 75. Yeah. So I don't... Maybe it was the free love. I don't know. But um, back to what you interrupted me during. Uh, Spat of Serial Killers, made 1974, The Year of Fear. And this is by Diane Diamond. So what is that? At uh, Andrew's sobriety chip. Oh, why do you have it? Just gave it to me one day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. There's just a there's just a random sobriety chip on my uh, dining room table. All right, back to this. Um, in the 1970s, the U.S. experienced a frightening uptick in the number of active serial killers. In that decade, according to the Serial Killer Information Center at Radford University need to go there and learn everything some things all the things okay in case you uh were worried uh there were 450 individual serial killers at work this is just in the 70s over the previous decade the number stood at 156 Mm. so lots like it more than doubled um what caused the spike were there that many more vicious and dangerous predators roaming the country or did law enforcement become better able to identify those who killed over and over again the police just had a they just had a meeting they're like all right guys there's a lot of killing going on we need to get better at our jobs that's what happened (laughs) that's what happened well and then they started seeing these patterns and stuff and they're like I think there's something more going on. Like if you watch the show Mindhunter, um, it's loosely based on the team that studied serial killers and created what we know now oh, about. That's awesome. I gotta watch that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Jonathan Groff is in it. See, I just I just picture one guy like inventing serial killers, just going, "Oh my god." 
This goes deeper than we thought. <laughs> it goes all the way to the top. Um, oh, also, I'm going to tell you, you probably won't have a hero this week. You might. I don't think you will. I'll, I'll stretch. You'll stretch? Okay. I'll find one. Um, two years <laughs> earlier, the FBI allowed a visionary special, uh, visionary special agent named Howard Teton to establish what would ultimately become the Behavioral Science Unit. So it might be guy, it might be Howard. Teton. Yeah. <laughs> um, this guy basically. So Howard Teton. Out, Howard Teton is my oh my god your, guy. Yeah, he's your oh my god guy. Oh, I love this guy um, already. Teton devised a groundbreaking analytical approach now known as psychological criminal profiling to try to identify unknown killers. Oh, he's the original sweets. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. His agents dedicated themselves to studying high volume kill areas around the country and meticulously logged similarities between the cases. They analyzed the lifestyle, uh, physical attributes and location of victims, the way the killers committed the murders and exactly how they left their victims. Patterns emerged. There was a swath of the country where pre pretty brunette co-eds were repeatedly reported missing. Some hospitals ex experienced an extraordinary number of unexplained deaths. Bodies were found with similar and Holy unique shit. wound patterns. But what so, of course, I googled Howard Deaton okay. to, to figure it out. Sure, what? He's 88 years old. He's still alive. Oh, good, good for you, sir. You will never guess where he was born. Was he here? Nope. Oh. Nebraska City, Nebraska. That's where you were from. And he's 88 years old, which is my old favorite number. Wow. <gasps> I wonder if he's living there. I bet he's not. I bet he's not. Well, yeah, I mean, he probably settled down somewhere. I now. guarantee you, though, if you ask around, somebody knows, like, his family or something the tetons the tetons is a prominent family in nebraska so are they I, really I, I just that's never, them i've never i guarantee you that's a, oh my god we're going there on sunday i have to know everything we'll look up the tetons i need i need you to have your mom ask around yeah i need yeah i need to find a, somebody knows his like granddaughter or somebody heather, who has it like might be heather Teton. She, I went to school with her. Did you? Yeah. Okay, I need you to get on Facebook immediately, and I need you to be like, this is fucking weird, but what do you know of this guy? And do you have medical journals? What the fuck ever? Okay, yeah. I need to this no, is this, this is a moment, guys. This is happening live. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I live for moments like this. Wait, oh, God. <laughs> okay, I need to calm down. You need to calm down. I need to tell, no, no lie. As soon as we're done recording this, I'm going to post in the Omaha Murderinos page and be like, "Fuck, guys, did you know this shit?" Like, yeah. Whoo! All right. Okay, give me up. Uh, uh. So I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I found a hero in the impossible because I mean, I'm obviously right after I said it too. <laughs> All right, Howard Teton. All right, let's go, buddy. Dude, he might be listening. He might be. It's a very, very far off chance. If but... anyone knows Howard Teton, I need you to write in immediately to don't touch that it's haunted at Gmail. Okay. Howard Teton. Or if you if you know Adam and you went to school with Adam, find him on Facebook. So <laughs> all right. Where was I? Um 
found, yada, 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 yada. Patterns emerged, bodies were found. Um, agents began to know the how and where of multiple murders, but not the who, not yet. Although the exact date is unknown, this is the time the FBI began using the term serial killer as opposed to the less precise murder without motive designation that they had used back then. So anytime somebody was killed by like a stranger, basically, they'd be like, oh, no motive, murder without motive. Well, that's just stupid. Yeah, well, it makes it sound less important, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, oh, well, it was just, you know. Um, Although the exact, I said that already, uh, 1974 was the year in which some of America's most notorious and prolific murders began their reign of bloody terror. All right, so here's who we've got. Are right. you ready? I am ready. Are you reading about him right now? Yes. Can you wait until after the podcast? I. You might need no facts. <sighs> Apparently, he moved a lot while he was younger, so I mean. Oh, so he might. Well, does it say it's, how long he was there? Well, it also says that he graduated high school in Crofton, Nebraska. So he stayed in Nebraska his childhood, at least. Where is that? Um, I've heard of it. It's in Knox County. It's at the very top. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's by uh, one of the Dakotas? South, South Dakota. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the, the lower one. I'm aware. Please, I spent years one through three of my life in South Dakota. All right, where was I? Okay, are you ready for who it is? Hit me. We've got Ted Bundy committed his first known murder in January 1974. I don't know a lot about this guy, but it kind of looks like that I got from. Okay, that's it. He does. He does. That's a lot of people were really pissed off when Zac Efron got cast as uh, Bundy. But Zac Efron got cast as Ted Bundy because Zac Efron kind of looks like Ted Bundy. Like, I'll fight anybody that gets really angry. Well, yeah, about it's, it. it's, it's the, the whole point of the fact is he's a very look, good looking guy. Who yeah. Happened to be a serial killer. That's the thing. People always said he was a very good looking charismatic christian young man like hello zach efron all right here we go dennis raider or the btk killer first murdered in january 1974 john wayne gacy killed the second of his 34 victims in 197 in january of 1974 okay so we're just in january yeah what 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 Nothing. I, I just... Oh, you're touching my elbow oh. like you. I, I was like, what? What, are you, what am I looking at? Um, Coral Eugene Watts murdered the first of an estimated 90 victims in 1974. Paul John Knowles went on a killing spree murder, uh, murdering 18 people in 1974. So we're also going to talk about a spree killer. A spree killer? Yeah. Oh, these are fun. Although... I'm not entirely sure because his was spread out over several months. Right. So I think technically he's still a serial killer, but um, so what was it about 1974? Retired FBI special agent Jim, I'm gonna say it's Clemente because it's spelled like Dr. Clemente okay. spells it. Um, it might it might just be Clement, uh, but I'm gonna say Clemente. Jim Clemente worked in the FBI's behavioral analysis unit for the last 12 years of his 20-year career at the Bureau. 
He told me, this is the person writing the article, um, quote, at the time, the BAU had no idea how devastating a year 1974 would turn out to be. Some of the most brilliant and prolific serial killers would launch their destructive careers at that time, but it would be decades before they were all brought to justice, unquote. As FBI agents were building their multiple puzzles, the elusive Bundy would murder upward of 36 people over the next four years. Raider killed until 1991. Gacy wouldn't be caught until late 1978. Watts continued his bloody spree for more than eight years. The handsome Knowles was on a rapid path of destruction. His murder binge ended... Uh, after five months when police off, when a police officer shot him dead. Surely there were news reports about some of these murders and missing people left behind in the frenzy of serial killing. But in 1974, the, here you go, babe, the nation's attention was scattered. Vietnam was still ongoing. Told you. There was, there was a frantic worldwide nuclear arms race underway. Uh, yeah, Watergate was... Uh, toppling the administration of President Richard Nixon. You know, I used to say, I used to say we would never have to live through something as bad as Watergate. You've never said that. Not to you. Oh, okay. I know other people. We need to watch that Frost Nixon movie because I recently found out that that's uh, that's uh, oh god, 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 uh, Michael Sheen from Prodigal Son. Yeah. Yeah. He plays David Frost. And Frank Langella plays Nixon, which, of course, I knew because of the Oscars that year. There you go. But, yeah. Uh, that was the year that Hugh Jackman hosted, and he did uh, he did a musical number, and it was like, uh, it was the recession, so he's like, I stayed up in my garage all night, and I made all this stuff, and he, like, made a Batmobile out of, like, milk cartons and shit. He made it. And uh, he grabs Anne Hathaway, and she comes up, and she's all confused, and she doesn't know what's going on. And he's doing Frost Nixon with her, and uh, he goes, America deserves an apology. And she goes, Frank Langello was sitting right next to me. Oh. And then it's a whole, it's, it's pretty cute. Look it up. It's, at, it's, it's a very good number. I think it's from 2008, because it was the, yeah. Okay. Um. Yada, 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 yada. Oh, even though the daughter of multimillionaire Randolph Amherst Apperson Hearst was kidnapped this year, most Americans didn't notice that the nation's crime rate was on the rise, which we should do Patty Hearst sometime because that's fucking wild. Basically, she was kidnapped and she got Stockholm syndrome. And then the kidnappers were like, you're part of our radical group now. And she like robbed banks and shit. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a really good drunk history about her. That sounds like a, a rabbit hole. A little bit. A little bit. Like I put every you could, yeah. Um, the FBI knew the murderous score and worried about creating public panic. Uh, they kept the information quiet. Also in 1974, the agents were well aware of a murderous maniac operating in San Francisco who signed taunting cryptic letters to the police with the moniker, you want to guess? I bet it's a uh, horoscope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Zodiac. And uh, someone else was systematically picking up military men home on leave in Southern California and dumping their dismembered bodies along major uh, highways. 
that's not the Zodiac Killer. No, 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 no. Two different. Oh. Two different. Who was that? Was that? That wasn't. Eileen Warnock. No. Probably some guy. Who, I'm going to look that up later. Probably some um, guy who couldn't get into the military. Maybe. And, and so he took it out on active military. It's, it's a theory. It's a theory. I'm sure I know who it is. Howard Teton would know. Howard Teton would know. Uh, the takeaway from this look back at history is that since the peak of serial killing madness in the 70s and 80s, there were 603 serial killer killers identified in the 80s. Um, so even more than the 70s. Uh, the numbers have decreased every single decade since. In the 90s, there were 498 serial killers in the 2000s there were 275 um so far this decade so this was in 2014 um so from 2010 to 2014 there were just 67 active serial killers registered at the reliable radford university site it's a testament to the perseverance of the fbi and to all law enforcement that studied and implicated Special Agent Teton's revolutionary criminal uh, profiling protocol. Ser serial killers may still hold a place of fascination for many of us, me included, but here's hoping their numbers continue to dwindle. So there's that article. All right. Yeah. I was, uh, was going to say something, and then as I read that last part of the sentence, I completely forgot. Oh yeah, okay, so um, Mindhunter is about these two men who are heading up this team and they're they're going around and they're interviewing serial killers and um, Cameron Britton, who is on Umbrella Academy, he plays Ed Kemper and he fucking is Ed Kemper. Yeah. It's so good. As good as oh. what's his face was in Wake Up? I'm gonna say better. Oh, I'm gonna say better. Yeah, no. I uh, love that. Oh God, what is his name now? Uh, you played Gambit. Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's uh, he plays David Crash, and he he did really good. But no, Cameron Britton is Ed Kemper. Like, well, and then so in season was it three? It was the last season that came out. Um, they had the guy that played Charles Manson in that Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Because that guy was like spot on. And I remember seeing in the commercials and I was like, oh my God, this guy's so good. He has like two lines in that movie. And I was like, what a fucking waste. Well, they have him play Charles Manson in Mindhunter. And he's yeah. so like, I was blown away. He was, it was so convincing. Like anyway, someday we'll do some aspect of Charles Manson. Cause there's just, there's so much there. Maybe we'll do like, uh, we'll watch some, Charles Manson movies and pick our favorite because you know uh, Matt Smith did a did a Charlie Manson movie and he was and Charlie Manson. You own a piece of Spawn Ranch. I own a piece of Spawn Ranch. <laughs> so okay, let's start talking about some of these killers, shall we? Sure. All right, no heroes here from here from here on. Oh, I've already got mine. Do you? Yeah. Are you going to be able to tell me some stuff? Yeah, I got, I got some information you got also. You. Okay. This is a family friend, and he spells his last name the exact same uh -huh. way. That's not... Uh... That's my family friend. Oh, okay. But that's not the guy you just had to block. No. no. Okay. Uh, that's his little baby. That's a cute baby. 
There he is. And I'm telling you right now, he resembles Howard Dean. Does he? Yeah. I don't know that guy, do I? Please hold for some slight Googling. Who are you Googling? Well, not Googling, uh, Facebooking. Who are you Facebooking? Oh, never mind. I thought I, never mind. I probably just seen him on your stuff. Okay. So let's start with Dennis Rader. Now, um, at several Margarino meetups, people have asked me who, like, my favorite or my OG is. And I say that Dennis Rader fascinates me because... He, he did this for decades and he had a whole family. Like he had a wife and kids that didn't know that this was going on. And he's like this fucking like, like horrifying shit is going on. And like, he was just like a regular dude with his family. And then he like had this whole separate, huh. Speaking of, we should do, I can't remember his name right now, but I'll look it up Mm -hmm. before this is over. We should do one of the real life Dexter. Is there a real life Dexter? (gasps) He was a construction foreman, and he would go to work every day and be a construction foreman. But at and night, he'd kill people. He'd be killing people. I think he was an enforcer, so he wasn't like a. That's not a real life Dexter. Call me when he's in the FBI or something. Because that was the thing. Dexter was a blood spatter analyst. Well, the whole point of being a real life Dexter uh-huh. was the fact that he was a normal man uh-huh. going to work, had a wife and kids, and everything, and yeah. then. At night, he was dextering. Like BTK. <laughs> um, uh, also, I'm pretty sure that this was him, and maybe we'll get to it at the end of uh, this uh, Wikipedia article. I'm pretty sure that he's the one that was, like, writing into police, and he was like, hey, so if I give you a floppy disk, you're not going to be able to trace it back to me, right? And they're like, no, 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 no. And he's like, all right, cool. So he drops off this floppy disk, and they were able to figure out who he was. And that's how he got caught. Pretty sure it was him. All right, so uh, so Dennis Lynn Raider. Maybe that's why he murdered. No name's Lynn. Bad joke. Okay. Dennis Lynn Raider. I was going to go with Raider. I didn't even know her. So I... Um, So he was born March 9th, 1945. He is an American serial killer known as BTK. An abbreviation uh, he gave himself for bind, torture, kill. Or the BTK strangler or BTK killer. Between 1974 and 1991, Raider killed 10 people in Wichita and Park City, Kansas, and sent taunting letters to police and newspapers describing the details of his crime. Uh, After a decade-long hiatus, Raider resumed sending letters in 2004, leading to his 2005 arrest and subsequent guilty plea. So yeah, I think that he's the one with the floppy disk. Um, He is serving 10 consecutive life sentences at El Dorado Correctional Facility in Prospect Township, Butler County, Kansas. Oh yeah, this dude's from Wichita. And I remember, so I was taking uh, I was taking Analysis of Evil, which was uh, the class where I studied cults and serial killers. Right. This was uh, this was the uh, semester that we were studying serial killers. And uh, Dr. Nevitt, the professor, used to live in Wichita, and he said that he used to drive by that house to like I think to get home because I don't think he lived too far away. And I was like, how fucking, like, you find out that something 
horrendous happened and you've been driving by it for years. Like that's, oh, it's gotta be so weird. That's the kind of stuff that I live for. That's that, that's the kind of stuff that I live for. Right. Um. All right. Uh, on January 15th, 1974, four members of the Aturo, um, I believe it's Aturo, it's O-T-E-R-O, uh, the Aturo family were murdered in Wichita, Kansas. The victims were Joseph Aturo, age 38, Julie Aturo, age 33, Joseph Aturo Jr., age 9, and Josephine Aturo, age 11. There, oh, I should uh, mention from this point forward, uh, content warning, we're going to talk about, obviously, murder and torture and um, some sexual assault stuff. So this point forward, you have been warned. Um, their bodies were discovered by the family's three older children who had been at school at the time of the killings. After his 2005 arrest, Raider confessed to killing the Arturo family. Raider wrote a letter uh, that had been stashed inside an engineering book in the Wichita Public Library in October 1974, which described the detail, which described in detail the killing of the Arturo family in January of that year. How fucking bananas is that? Bananas. He wrote it down and stuck it in a book in the library. Um, all right, so this cup. <laughs> it's just. Uh, so while we, while Jake and I were looking at comics when I was in Des Moines, he opened one of the used shoe comics that he, uh-huh. that he was going to buy, and there was a, there was an old plane ticket in it, and uh, which just made me think of that. It was just kind of like where it's, was it's it a, too? I don't remember. I don't remember where it was too, but we did look it up, and because I, I, that. I remember just going, "Ooh, Jake, where are you going?" <laughs> I've always wanted Chicago. To... He's going to Chicago. That's it. Oh, hey. I'm Julius Pepperwood. From I'm Chicago. Chicago. Uh, I've always wanted to go into like a Barnes and Noble and just put like little notes in random books that say things like "You are wonderful" and like smile and stuff like that. See, I was thinking of going in complete opposite direction, writing like horror things. Don't be that guy. Whoever is reading this, this book is a horcrux. Destroy it. <laughs> okay, that'd be funny. That'd be real funny. <laughs> Stick it in, like, the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> um, all right, so this comes from Kansas.com. Um, and it is called BTK Describes His Own Crimes by Tim Porter. Uh, so this kind of goes over that letter that was found in that book. Um, it, it gets pretty rough, so strap in. In his own words, full of misspellings and typos, he wrote, quote, finally about 20 minutes before nine, the door unlocked and the boy stepped outside. Um, he ordered Joseph Jr. back inside and confronted the family with a knife and a 22 caliber handgun. He told the family, the children were preparing to leave for school, that it was a robbery. He told them not to be alarmed. Joseph Jr., who stayed by his parents, looked scared. Josephine began to cry. Rattled by the family's barking dog, he threatened them, saying his gun was an, was an automatic with hollow point bullets. The father agreed to put the dog outside. The killer ordered the four into a bedroom and tied their hands behind their backs. Someone screamed after Raider put plastic bags over... It gets rough. Uh plastic bags over the heads of Joseph and his son and pulled on cords 
uh, or pull-down cords or other bindings. Julie and Josephine pleaded, asking him to release the boy and his father. What are you doing? Julie asked as he slipped the rope around her neck and he strangled her slowly. He told Josephine her parents were sleeping, but then put a binding around her neck and she passed out. In the basement, he found a sewer pipe he thought was stout enough to support a body. He brought Josephine, apparently, apparently still alive, downstairs and removed most of her clothes. Um, don't worry, baby, he told her. You'll be in heaven tonight with the rest. He put a rope around her neck and hung her from the pipe. Ooh. That got me. I've read that already and that got me. <laughs> like, that poor baby. She must have been so scared. Like... All right, so that's that asshole. Yeah. Um, Fuck that guy. Yeah, but he, uh, I think he's still alive in prison. But yeah, he's whatever. Um, rot. His his daughter wrote a really good book, and of course, I can't remember what it's called right now. But it's basically just about like growing up with this man and like realizing that her father is this horrible, horrible monster. The so. original Malcolm Bray. No. Why not? Oh, yes. I was like, Malcolm Bright's not a horrible dude. Yes. No, I got you. <laughs> Prodigal son. Yes. Bringing it full circle back to Michael Sheen. I got you. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on. Carl Eugene Watts. Um, he was born November 7th, 1953 and died September 21st, 2007. Oh, hello, Scout. Scout's checking out our equipment. Oh, okay. Goodbye, Scout. Apparently it's good enough. <laughs> He knew we needed a little break. So he's like, let me flaunt my cuteness. Um, so he was known by his nickname, Coral. Uh, he was an American serial killer dubbed the Sunday Morning Slasher. Which, what like a, I don't even know how to, Sunday Morning it's like, I'm just like, I'm just going to like relax. It's probably sunny out. I'm going to read a book and then slasher. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't go together. Yeah, how do we decide, though, mm -hmm. that the Sunday morning beverage is Bloody Mary and not call it a, su a Sunday morning slasher? That, that is a, that is a much better name for this drink. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a uh, okay. Sunday morning slasher. No lie. I'm going to bring that up the next time I go to uh, Edge of the Universe because they have a Bloody Mary. I'm going to be like, you need to fucking call it this. <laughs> this Sunday morning slasher. Because, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. All right. Um, oh, if you were in the uh, Omaha, Nebraska area um, in Benson, there is this super cute. I call it a cafe. I don't know if that's technically what it is. They serve... Uh, coffee but they also serve alcoholic beverages and like charcuterie, charcuterie boards. boards and bread bowls and stuff like that anyway the uh the owner is a badass murderino lovely 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 woman so go there it's called edge of the universe yeah it's awesome. especially if your last name is teton yes because you're in the area you're in the area we know there is a teton in the area that is definitely connected to howard oh 100 percent at, at least like a great nephew or something exactly. like it's too coincidental because nebraska city is not that big like and, if it was like omaha i'd be like eh, okay. and it's spelled the same way yeah. like if it was an o-n right instead of an e-n because mm -hmm. i i looked up owen first right i i would expect that but to right. be spelled the same way mm -hmm. 
It's pretty fishy. It's like when I saw a guy from uh, Switzerland with last name Generet. Yeah. Like, we have to be related uh -huh. at some level. Mm -hmm. Well, that's like uh, Ray Carbaugh. We went to KCECTF one year and she met someone with the same name, spelled the same way. And she's like, there's no way we're not related. Yeah. And so she kept, every time she'd see her, she'd be like, my lost family member, like oh. the other Carbaugh. It was great. Um, all right. It is 9.30, so let's get moving. Um, do we need to take a, Sunday? Like a break like a half hour, or do we not do that anymore? We did already. Did we? Yeah. Oh. Do you need to take one right now? No, I just was wondering, because oh, okay. I didn't think we did. We're 10 minutes into our next. So basically, on uh, Anchor, which is what I use, um, if you don't want to pay for the premium subscription, you can only record half an hour at a time, so we take breaks at the half an hour mark. I'm sorry. I thought I, I, thought I made it clear that I was pausing. No. Before. Okay. Um, so I was, yeah. was going to slip away and call mom. We can pause quick. Well, we don't have to. We can? Okay. We're already talking about it. All right. We're going to take a short break. Please hold. All right. So we took a little break. And that was an informative little, was little, it? little break. Do you real quick want to, you want to tell everyone now or at the end when you inevitably. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll mention it at the hero. Okay. Yeah. Um, in other news, I just had a Boo Radley in my arms cuddled up real sweet while I was uh, waiting for you. So I'll put some pictures of that on the on the gram. Scott's finally eating his tuna. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Um, oh, no. My research is gone. Hang on. Yada, yada, yada. Where were we? Okay, so we were talking about Carl Eugene Watts. Um... Okay, so he's the Sunday morning slasher. He died of prostate cancer while serving two sentences of life in prison, imprisonment without parole in a Michigan prison for the murders of Helen Dutcher and Gloria Steele, although the number of his victims may have exceeded 80. I'm okay with that, with that ending. You, could, oh, you killed, died. He died of ass cancer in prison. <laughs> I, I'm okay with that ending for him. It's a very fitting ending. That's really funny. This time has. Um, I, yeah. Also, okay. prostate cancer is a very real thing, and I'm sorry for making a joke for it, but given the situation. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, okay. Uh, Watts' time as a serial killer began when he was 20 years old in 1974. Oh, my God. By kidnapping his victims from their homes torturing them, and then murdering them. On October 30th, 1974, Watts tortured and brutally murdered 20-year-old Gloria Steele, who was believed to be his second victim. He may have also been involved in the disappearance of Nadine Jean Odell, who was 16 years old when she disappeared on August 16th, 1974. She was last seen walking down John Daly Street in Inkster, Michigan. Her body has never been found, and no one witnessed her presumed abduction. Which that's so sad. So. Like, ugh. Um, Watts almost, almost always killed young white women. Victims ranged between ages of fourteen and forty-four, using methods such as strangulation, stabbing, bludgeoning, and drowning. Watts murdered dozens of women between 1974 and 1982, and despite the many women he murdered, 
He was not discovered as a serial killer for almost eight years. Wow. I know. So that's that piece of shit. <coughs> you trying to give me the Rona? What are you, well, cough away from the... It's my mic. Nobody else uses I'm my sitting mic. across from you. Yeah. Do you know how germs work, sir? <laughs> yes, I've seen scrubs. Have you? Okay, good. Um, all right, so uh, for time's sake, we're probably just going to talk about this last guy and then maybe wrap up the other one. Um, so this is John Paul Knowles. Uh, I don't like it already. You're not supposed to like him. Yeah, I got, I got a bad feeling about this guy. Yeah, well, also I said his name earlier and that he went on a killing spree. Oh, did you? Yeah. I might have been looking up Howard Teague. You probably were. So, <laughs> um, he was born April 17th, 1946, and he died December 18th, 1974. Um, so, he was known as the Casanova Killer. Uh, he was an American serial killer tied to the deaths of 20 people in 1974, though he claimed to have taken 35 lives. Noel's con- uh, cross-country murder spree began in Jacksonville on the night of his escape. He broke into on the night of his escape. From where? I would guess uh, prison. He, I, I would assume so. I'm very confused. All right. I don't, he broke, I don't think he was like at his wife's house and it was the escape from his in-laws. I guess. Um, he, oh, he broke into the home of 65-year-old Alice Curtis, bound and gagged her, ransacked her home for money and valuables. Okay, then who stole... does that? It's a 65-year-old woman. I know. Woman. I know. Uh, then he stole her car. Well, that's like, so I was watching the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix, which was amazing. Highly recommend. He he went after like all kinds of people, races, genders, age, whatever. There were a lot of like elderly people. And I was like, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah. Like, what the obviously there was something wrong with this man but you know like ugh. but i mean they that's a common thing on law and order as they say how do you do this to someone who looks like that right well and also like um going back to the cancer that he also died in in prison of cancer what kind of cancer did he have i don't remember lung cancer maybe i can't remember mm-hmm. offhand but like people people said that they weren't happy with that that he got off easy because he only spent like a couple decades yeah. in prison and he should have like rotted. But I mean, at well, the same time, he had cancer. Like, yeah, so I feel like and it's it's not to, like to be just... fair, we would have wasted a lot of money treating him for cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, exactly. But anyway, although I think any death would have been too good for him because he was a fucking monster. But we didn't right. give him a death sentence, so God did. Oh. Um. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Oh. Okay. Back to serious. 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 Um. So Alice Curtis, the sixty-five-year-old woman, choked to death on her gag. So oh. she. Yeah, I know. Um. On the street where he intended to abandon the car, Knowles recognized family acquaintances Lillian and Mydel, uh Anderson. Lillian was 11 years old and her sister, or maybe it's Mylette. Mylette? It's M-Y-L-E-T-T-E. So Lillian was 11 and Mylette was 7. 
In fear that they would identify him, he kidnapped them both, strangling them, and buried their bodies in a nearby swamp. So just not, not, not a good guy. Not a good guy. Um, so they, they break out his, uh, his murder spree in months. So in August, Knowles claimed that soon after this, he murdered a teenage girl who was walking home. But at the time of this confession, he did not identify her to police. On December 21st, 2011, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation identified her as 13-year-old Ima Jean Sanders, who had run away from Beaumont, Texas in July 1974 to be with her mother in, uh, in Warner Robins, Georgia, and then disappeared on August 1st, 1974. On August 2nd, 1974, the day after the Anderson sisters disappeared, Knowles met uh, Marjorie Howie, age 49, in Atlantic Beach, Florida. She, uh, yeah, she either invited him or was forced by him to go to her apartment where he strangled her with a nylon stocking and stole her television set. Which, like, that's just a weird sentence. Like, the fuck's wrong with you, man? Um, on August 23rd, 1974, Knowles showed up in Musilla, Georgia, and forced his way into the home of Kathy Sue Pierce, who was there with her three-year-old son. Knowles strangled Pierce, but left her child physically unharmed. Which, like, good, I guess? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. A, a lot of these killers, they have a soft spot for something. Right, right, right. And I guess, I guess babies is his. I guess. Um, all right, so September. On September 3rd, 1974, Knowles entered Scott's Inn, a roadside pub near Lima, Ohio, where uh, he met William Bates, a 32-year-old account executive for Ohio Power Company. The bartender, who knew Bates, recalled that Bates and a young red-headed man had several drinks that evening and left together. Bates's wife then reported him missing, and the police recognized that his car was missing as well. Near the bar, police found an abandoned car that was subsequently traced back to Alice Curtis. In October, Bates's nude body was found. He had been strangled and dumped in the woods. Uh, now driving Bates's car, he moved on to a campground in Eiley, Nevada, where on September 18th, 1974, he bound and shot two elderly campers, Emmett and Lois Johnson. Because it was a seemingly random murder, there were no leads until Knowles' later confession to the crime, although he did use their credit cards for a short period to pay his expenses. Oh. Like, just, like, seriously, fuck this dude. Um, on September 21st, 1974, Knowles' killing spree continued, this time in... Seguin, Texas. Uh, there, he came upon stranded motorcyclist Charlene Hicks, who he abducted and raped before strangling her with her own pantyhose and dragging her body through a barbed wire fence. Oh. Uh, her body was found four days later. Oh my God, this is this is hitting me in a way. Uh, traveling then to Birmingham, Alabama. Knowles met beautician Anne Dawson on September 23rd, 1974. It is unclear as to whether he abducted her or if she traveled with him willingly, 
but she paid the bills while they traveled together until he killed her on September 29, 1974. Knowles claims to have dumped her body into the Mississippi River, but it was never recovered. Um, October. Knowles arrived in Marlboro, Connecticut, butchered that real good, um, in the middle of October 1974, where he continued his vicious killing spree. He entered the home, the home of Karen Wine and her 16-year-old daughter, Dawn, on October 16th, where he bound and raped them before killing them with a nylon stocking. Fuck this dude! Yeah. Uh, the only thing found missing from their home was a tape recorder. By October 18th, 1974, Knowles had made his way to Woodford, Virginia, where he broke into the home of 53-year-old Doris Hosey, um, and shot her to death with her husband's rifle, then wiped his prints from the gun and placed it beside her body. Afterward, police would find no sign of robbery to offer them a motive in the case. Still driving William Bates's stolen car, Knowles picked up two hitchhikers in Key West, Florida, with the intention of killing them both, but his plan went awry when a policeman stopped him for a traffic violation. Unaware of who he was dealing with, the officer let Knowles go with a warning. Oh man, she that who is this guy? That that I, had, need, I need this officer's name and badge number right now. <laughs> that had to have stayed with him because I'm sure I'm sure that Knowles wasn't doing anything suspicious. So like that guy couldn't have known, but like right, that's gotta stay with him, man. Um, you know who would have cut this? Uh, yes, officer. I do. Brad, Brad Weaver. Weaver. Brad Weaver would have caught Coming this guy. Coming back with the Brad Weaver. <laughs> um, all police officers should just model themselves around Brad Weaver. We really need well, to learn more about Brad Weaver. He could honestly, be a human being, and we have no idea. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's possible. You don't think so? No. Um, no, I don't think all police officers should modify themselves around mm -hmm. Brad Weaver because nobody listened to Brad Weaver. That's true. That's true. Okay. Be a little more assertive. <laughs> She's like, I think we should no, no, oh, oh, but, get, but guys, no, I'm sure Brad Weaver did his best. It was just a classic group thing. That is a uh, callback to an earlier episode. If you're a long time listener, you'll understand the reference. If you're a new time listener, go back and watch the episode about uh, festivals. Concert, uh, listen. To the episode about concert disasters. You can watch it too. I mean, you could watch. You could. I mean, you could stare at it. I did post some links to some videos, so watch those at your own risk, though, because holy crap! Um, all right, so back to this horrible thing. Um, okay. Shaken by the experience, Knowles had mercy on his victims and dropped them off in Miami, Florida, and contracted his lawyer shortly thereafter. Oh, okay. I was I was lost for a second. So he's got the hitchhikers in his car, and he was going to kill them. But then, the, so this officer actually oh, he saved, saved them? them. Okay. We're sorry, sir. Um, I'm I mean, assuming it was I mean, Adam. I mean, of. but yeah. Again, I'm sure that he wasn't doing anything suspicious. You got lucky, officer. Yeah. Um, okay. He rejected his lawyer's suggestion of surrender but arranged a meeting with him that lasted only long enough to hand over a taped confession. He slipped out of town before police were informed of his presence. November. On November 6, 1974, in 
Mill Edgeville, Georgia. All right. Okay. Uh, Knowles befriended Carswell Carr and was invited back to Carr's house to spend the night. Over drinks, he stabbed Carr to death and then strangled Carr's 15-year-old daughter. After murdering the girl, Knowles attempted to engage in necrophilia with the corpse. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Okay. Who, in the wake of his, uh, oh, excuse me, threw up in my mouth a little bit there. In the wake of his flight from uh, Macon, uh, Knowles was suspected in the November second murder of hitchhiker Edward. Hillard found in some nearby woods in his and his companion Debbie Griffin, whose body has never been recovered. Well, shit. Yeah. Sorry. What are you doing? I'm just trying to see if I can find the officer who looked like I go. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you will. Um, while bar hopping in Atlanta on November eighth, Knowles met British journalist Sandy Fox, impressing her with his looks, uh, which were a quote. Cross between Robert Robert Redford and Ryan O'Neill. I don't know who Ryan O'Neill is. I'm sure I would if I saw a picture of him, but Robert Redford was a sexy young man. Yeah. He, he's a sexy older man now. Um, they spent the night together, but he was repeatedly unable to perform when they attempted to have sex over the next few days, suggesting impotence with a willing companion. Fuck that guy! <sighs> They parted ways on November 10th, but the next day, Knowles picked up an acquaintance of Fox, Susan McKenzie, and demanded sex from her at gunpoint. She escaped and notified police. Yeah! Uh, But when patrolmen tried to stop him, Knowles brandished a sawed-off shotgun and made his escape. Days later, in West Palm Beach, Florida, he invaded the home of invalid Beverly Mabee, uh, where he abducted her sister and stole their car. From there, he traveled to Fort Pierce, Florida, arriving the following night. He dropped off his hostage without harm or incident. Um, so that's all the... What, Maybe uh, I didn't get all of the article. What month, that's was, all I got. What month was the, the cop thing? That was in October. Okay. All right, keep going. That's that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that's where the article stopped or that's where I stopped copying stuff. So, um, so like I said, there is one more, uh, Ted Bundy, but for time's sake, because it is very late and I've got to be up early again tomorrow. Um, we've, we've covered Bundy a little bit before on the pod, um, but there's a yeah. million. Yeah, he's very yeah. well known. Everyone knows who Ted um, Bundy is. Yeah. Check out Netflix, uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. That's the Zac Efron movie. Um, there's also the Ted Bundy confession also, Zac tapes. Zac Efron, we don't hate you for that because you did your job. And Oh, he did He did great. Yeah. He did great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the Ted Bundy confession tapes, I think is what it's called. Also on Netflix, um, there's that Amazon Prime show. Ugh, I can't remember. Something about love. Um, it's from the women's perspective. 
Oh yeah, um, you were talking about this. Yeah, it, it, very good. It's like a five-part series. Very, very good. Um, there's countless books. Like, check it out. Uh, the Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. Yeah. It's phenomenal. That's also a really great movie with that guy that plays the bad dude in Enough with J-Lo. Um, but yeah, so uh, 1974, though, I'm, I think it was, it was 10 or 11 women that he killed in 1974 alone. Um, and basically, you know, he would do the thing where he had a sling or he was on crutches or whatever. If you type and... in the Casanova killer, the first few articles are literally just, he was worse than Ted Bundy. Which, yes, right. but also, let's not compare killers. Right, because I mean... they're all awful. They're all awful. Like, granted, some more than others. But, um, so yeah, uh, Ted Bundy, monster. Uh, but yeah, so that is, that's 1974. Um, no real explanation for it. I think it's just one of those things that, uh, it's, it's just a big coincidence, really. Um, because it doesn't seem like there was any one event that people were like, let's go kill people. Well, it might have been, honestly, listening to it, it kind of sounds like 20, uh, 2018 when everyone was convinced that celebrities were dying in 2018 when in real do you remember that whenever we was like curse this year this is the worst year ever but in reality no more celebrities died in 2018 Mm -hmm. than any other year i mean celebrities die that's what they do yeah it was it it was just like kind of all at once really is what that was and i remember was it 2010 it was the year that michael jackson died and in like a month there was like all these celebrities that died was that that yeah because um, I remember um, Farrah Fawcett died on the same day as Michael Jackson, and people were kind of pissed that he got Jackson, you know, yeah. and so it kind of glossed over her. Um, oh, I forget who else now, but yeah. There, yeah, there was a whole South Park episode about uh, all those people that died. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Billy Mays was there. Uh, Steve Irwin was there. I don't know if that was the same year. But... No, Steve Irwin was, I was still in elementary school when that happened. Yeah. Have you seen the picture of uh, Bindi Irwin and her husband? Yeah. Apparently there's backlash to that picture. And I don't know. If, Why? I didn't read Why? the article. But Why? Apparently people are pissed off at that picture for some reason. Why? I don't know. I didn't read the article. Fuck people. Fuck people. It's a cute photo. And they're recreating. It's a, fuck people. Well, people. <sighs> uh, apparently people got pissed off when jennifer aniston made her first instagram post it was a christmas ornament that said uh our first pandemic and it was a mask like what do we have people got pissed off of that because that was insensitive i she's making a face i i i can't even Mm -hmm. i look the pandemic sucked we lost four hundred thousand americans i know and and it's still going some, on. Some of us need to laugh about it. Yeah, and it's not its not like we're saying, ha-ha, all these people died, or ha-ha, this thing is still going on and we're not doing anything about it. It's you you need to take small moments of humor, otherwise you're not going to get through it. It's like why we like zombie movies. It's why people like me are obsessed with true crime. It's like you gotta you gotta take the small moments in the you know macabre and the taboo and the exactly. all the things we talk about and otherwise you're not going to survive it like we wouldn't 
if we weren't able to laugh at moments of this pandemic, we wouldn't be getting through this pandemic. Like, and I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm going to get through this whole thing with my sanity. I mean, I'm able to breathe a little easier now, but uh, yeah, <laughs> things are a little better, but only we'll time see. will tell. Um, all right. So we are nearing the end. So I think we already know. But Adam, would you like to tell us who this week's Adam's Hero is? Adam's Hero of the Week, brought to you today by Whiskey Under a Cauldron. Ooh. That, that's today's official sponsor? Yeah. Whiskey Under a Cauldron? Well, for Adam's Hero of the Week. For Adam's Hero of the Week, yeah. all right. Um, is uh, Howard Teton. He was the first profiler. He helped catch many serial killers. And uh, I, like all heroes of the week, I do immediate research real quick. So Yeah, which all... is why you weren't responding very well to my murder story. To some of them. <laughs> uh, so Howard Teen is, uh, he's still alive. Yeah. Very rare hero of the week. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about some like, Older generations, so. Right, and some tragedies like uh, Con Congressman Ryan. Yeah, uh, that's sad. But he's still alive. He's 88 years old. I don't exactly know where he lives right now. Mm -hmm. um, well, he's probably just retired in, like, seclusion. He actually still uh, consults a lot. Like I love that. If somebody calls and says, you know who we need? We need Howard Deaton. And he's like, all right, let me Case do in point, there oh. have been two movies that he has actually consulted. Yeah. One of them was uh, Profilers. Mm. Maybe a show. Mm. I don't, don't call me on that one. Mm. The other one, one you actually might know, oh. Untraceable, with Baby baby Hanks. Hang on. Let me, I may or may not, if it's what I'm thinking of, I was told not to watch that movie. Yeah, it's a bad movie. But it's, the, bad, well, but it's not bad for Howard Teton's contribution. Yeah. Because, like, I want to see it, but if it's the movie I was told, yeah. It's, uh, oh, gosh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Diane Lane. And then Baby Hanks. Colin Hanks. Yeah, it's not a. Billy Burke. It's, yeah. It's not a good movie. I don't. Well, I, 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 was I was told it was very hard to watch. Really? Yeah. Because I remember uh, this came out in 2008. I remember wanting to go see it. Uh, and one of my friends saw it, and she was like, don't go see it. So. I, I wouldn't say it's super hard to watch, but I you mean, just think it's not well put together. I don't think it's that great. I mean, but you do watch these people die, right? Yeah. So this this is the one it. where it's it's an untraceable website, and basically, the more people that watch, the faster they the die. people yeah. die. Yeah. So yeah, I, I get why that would be tough to watch. Right. Um, but yeah, he uh, he consulted on that. That's so cool. Good for you, sir. Hang on. I'm going to look up the other one real quick. What did you say it was called? Profilers? Profilers. It may be a TV show. He has an IMDb page. He has an IMDb page? Yeah. Howard Teton has an IMDb page. Has he been in anything or he no. just... No, just uh, just profiling. Like, I don't think he wants to be anything, you know? This okay. Is a... It's a... Oh, it was a TV show that started in 96 and went through 2000. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm assuming that this is the same. Let me see that. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. Um, who is in this? Uh, nobody I know is in this. Which is not to say that 
it's not people with careers, but I mean, it's just nobody. I mean, again, look at it untraceable. Yeah. You can see the work that Howard T. Yeah. Into it. Now that you know. I wonder. I wonder if he did any work for. Uh, it was for just Mine Hunter. It was just those two shows that he's yeah. credited for. Um, now the fun personal fact mm -hmm. about Howard yes. Teton. So we realized he was born in Nebraska City, which is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. um, he has lived in Nebraska for at least 18 years. When he turned 18, he joined the United States Marines. And he went off and he was actually, get this, he was in the United States Marines photography unit. Interesting. Not sure what that entails, but that's what he did. He was a photographer. Well, it's kind of like, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Tom Savini uh, was in Vietnam, but he was mm -hmm. a, a photographer. And like, the, that may have, I don't, again, I didn't really go too much mm -hmm. into detail. And I didn't really have a lot of research. Um, but anyway, so he is, his name is well known in Nebraska City. Mm -hmm. So when we took a break, I called my mom. Your mom, who still lives in Nebraska City. Yes, well, outside Nebraska City, but yeah. Lives in Nebraska, works and she's retired. Yeah. She spends more of her time. Oh my outside. God. <laughs> is nothing I say good enough for you, she sir? She shops in Nebraska City. Oh my God. Um, and she just got the vaccine, so I'm very proud of her for that. Oh, did she? Yeah. How's she doing? Is well, she, she okay? Well, yeah, she is. She got a loophole because she works for a medical facility mm -hmm. or worked for a medical facility. Right. They gave her like five months after. Oh, that's nice. And so she had the choice. And that's my nice. mom, being a very intelligent woman, got Took the it? vaccine. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I called her and I was like, hey. I have this Facebook friend, John Teton. It's spelled the same as Howard Teton. And we're doing a, we're doing a thing about mm -hmm. 1974 and Howard Teton played a prominent role. Right. And she told me, oh. John Teton was my dad's best man at their <laughs> wedding. I can't. Like, she said that she doesn't recognize the name Howard Teton. Right. So it's probably not John's. Direct. John's yes. dad. Right, right. But uh, he was like, well, John would be in his 60s and Howard would be 88. So he might be an uncle. Right. Which, like, again, there's no, we have no proof yet yeah. that these two are related. But how fucking bananas would that be? Oh, how yeah. fuck? I'm, mm, you, I can't. Mm, there's so many feelings happening right now. So I asked my mom if she thought that John would feel comfortable if I uh -huh. reached out and uh, messaged him and just right. been like, Hey, so this is what we're doing. Right. Um, are you related to him? And he went offline 20 minutes <laughs> before I said this. So we don't have a definitive answer for right, you guys. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you'll have to tune in next week to find out. Um, but I sent the message and just asked. Yeah. And I don't want to get too excited, but there is a very, 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 very small chance, uh -huh. but still realistically, right, that we could possibly have Howard Teton on the show. There's no, there's like I'm a squashing it. No, no, there, there is a one percent chance that this could happen. There's a point zero zero nine two percent chance. I think it's higher than that. I think it's I'm like a squat. Point it would, five. It'd be real cool. It'd be real cool. Point five. And don't get me wrong, if we get the opportunity, that question will be asked. I'm just I'm just saying. There 
I, I don't try to get me excited about this. There is a very small, oh my God. but you have to acknowledge it's realistic. Okay. I will acknowledge that it could happen. It could happen. It is the most realistic of anybody that. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, there's no way that Brad Weaver's ever come down. Brad Weaver's you know never I mean? goes to jail. Like, like, that's, yeah. that's a, that's yeah, a yeah. point zero 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 zero. No way. Deep. There's no way that Brad Weaver's ever. I mean, there is a very Brad Weaver. If you were anyone you know or listening, but there is a complete yeah. dead chance that uh, Congressman Ryan's going to appear on this one. Yeah. And I did not mean that pun. Mm-hmm. I just meant. So disappointed in you. I just meant a zero chance. No, I get, I get. Complete you. zero. Um. Because yeah, we, we don't so dabble in seances here. Not today. We don't. Yeah, no, I don't fuck with that shit. I don't fuck with that shit. I was, I was trying to make a joke, but yeah, no. Um, so, so yeah, you got anything else to say on him? Um, that is really all. He's just, uh, yeah, he's. Uh, oh, actually, do you want to see his picture? Oh, I would love to. Um, and we will put this up on the Instagram. Uh, oh, it is. Um, don't touch that. It's haunted, on Instagram. Uh, you can email me at don't touch that it's haunted at gmail.com. Oh, so uh, actually, Mindhunter is based on Howard Hughes. It is okay. I thought so. Well, so it's it's the show is based on a book, but I don't think he wrote the book. But he's the uh, basically. Oh, so he's Jonathan Holden. Groff's character is based on. Yeah, I was gonna say he's Holden because Holden is like the guy that's like we have to do this thing, and then he has a partner that goes with him, but he's like driving it. You need to you need to watch this. Show. It's so it does sound pretty cool. Good. Also, uh, BTK is like in the uh, the beginning and the end of some scenes because it's like so. This takes place in the seventies, um, and BTK was like not in the eighties because obviously we talked about him, but like uh, the BTK parts take place in the eighties. We got to wrap this episode up, sir. Yeah, I'm coming. You ready? Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Okay. Hold on, I'm dealing with a goddamn. Ad. Stupid ads. Wait on a photo? What a what a handsome looking man. You know, honestly, he looks like a younger, chubby um the fly. Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, do you not see it? Not real. What? A little chubbier. maybe a tiny little bit in his eyes. I think it's the eyes. It's the eyes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, what a what a handsome looking man. Are you ready? Are you ready to see him old? That wasn't him old. That was that was Oh, that was in the picture. Okay, I got you. Yeah. He has a Facebook, but I have he not has a Facebook. I, Don't I'm follow not gonna him. I'm not gonna add it. Yeah, oh yeah. Leave Howard Teaton alone, people. Delete <laughs> Yeah, edit that part out. Don't let people know. Just that. don't. Just just be a decent human being is all I'm asking of you. All right. Look at what a handsome older gentleman. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And obviously, his profile is very private. Yes. No. Yeah. So it looks like he's he's got it locked down, probably. So. I was hoping it would tell me at least if like I had a mutual friend or something. Right. But Yeah. But yeah, that's that's Howard Teaton. Wow, I bet you could get onto John's Facebook and see if Howard's his friend. Is that what you do? Adam got this wild look in his eyes. <laughs> All right, so while Adam is doing that, um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we're gonna try real hard to not do a raw episode next week, but um, he's not. He's not. If he is, um, 
is edited. Like, well, because you can and make maybe it, you can do that. You can. I, yeah. I did that when I was trying to All block right. that. But I, yeah, uh, tune in next week. We'll hopefully let you know. Hopefully, there's a conclusion. But it, it might be very lackluster, guys. Right, Let's just right, be honest. Right. It might just be like, oh still, yeah, he's uh, still the most exciting thing to happen on this podcast so far, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Like I said, follow me on Instagram and uh, email me if. Uh, excuse me if uh you got something that you want us to talk about or if you're a teton with direct if you're a teton with direct contact to howard teton i that would i would just just to have like a 10 minute conversation just like so much insight and so much like Like, oh my god if he if he is Uh related at all Uh uh-huh I'm fairly certain I can get us invited to a Teton family reunion. We might not be able to have him on the show. Right. I'll just stand in the go. I don't even, I just need to stand in the corner. Just like, well, okay. So here's the thing. When I was in college, there was a, uh, a very short period of time where like, that's what, that's kind of what I wanted to do. Cause I, you know, as I've said many, many, many times, I studied serial killers and cults and it's so fascinating and i was like if i could make a career out of this that would be so fucking cool like so well that's why we we love those shows about weird individuals that have these like uh prodigal son like 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 sweets and bones Mm -hmm. but uh anyway all right this episode went uh incredibly long it is now 10 We've been recording for almost two hours okay um yeah all the things please rate review subscribe to this podcast tell a friend tell your mom uh tell an enemy we like those here too because we talk about them a lot i'm rambling i don't know what i'm saying okay uh i'm so tired um we're gonna take this off the air now give us our call sign baby uh I was going to say one more thing. Oh, um, we should be now on all platforms everywhere that you listen to your podcasts. So, yeah. Um, everybody have a nice weekend. Does uh, anything happen? Nothing's happening this weekend. I work. work. Well, we're getting our engagement photos done. But, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So, have a good weekend. Just remember, don't touch that. It's on it. It's on it. You were slow getting there. Okay.